Thank you very much. Um, it'd be awesome if you guys listened to me, but I won't be offended if you guys just say, you know what? Move on. It's all right. Um, so again, thank you for having me. My name is Kyle Wilson. I've been working over at Three Crosses for the last eight years, and I'm excited to be able to have this opportunity to come and speak with you guys and just to teach you or share with you something that God's been teaching me. Um, I know you guys are going through the book of First Thessalonians, and the Thessalonians didn't know that the letter that they were going to be receiving from Paul would eventually become scripture, would eventually become the Bible that we read today. And what you guys might not know today is that this message that I'm given is my first message outside of the context of Three Crosses where I've been working. So I appreciate that you guys uh, allow me to be here. Now, I'm not going to say the message I give today is going to be scripture. It's definitely not. You're not going to add this to the Bible and be studying it for years to come. I just hope and pray that through what God's been teaching me and what I'm sharing with you guys, that we can all just find something that we need that God's teaching us to take another step forward in loving him and knowing his son, Jesus. Now, if there's any questions or concerns, um, go ahead and just email Scott. He'll clean up anything that you have or that might come up today. Let's pray. Abba, Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for how much you love us. Thank you for your word, and thank you for uh, using it just to teach us how to grow closer to your son. Bless the word. Bless me as I just share what you've put on my heart. Again, I thank you for this opportunity, and it's in your son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Awesome. So who am I? I'm Kyle Wilson. As I said, I've been working at Three Crosses for the last eight years. I work really closely with Mark Campbell. Many of you guys might already know him. He's spoken here a couple times. Um, he's our men's ministry pastor, or was our men's ministry pastor at Three Crosses, and I've been the men's ministry coordinator over there. So I've been working really closely with him for the last, I've been at Three Crosses eight years, worked for his wife, worked for him. Um, so he's been a huge influence on my life. You know, a little bit more about me is I love the outdoors. I love traveling. I love getting outside and seeing new things. Unfortunately, during this time of COVID, we don't get that opportunity. We have to stay inside and we have to just hang out. Good news is Hulu has so many episodes and so many seasons of Survivor, which me and my wife have been definitely watching too many hours of. But hey, at least I get to experience somebody in the outdoors. Um, I'm also a lifelong learner. I learn. I'm not going to say I love learning, but lifelong because I've procrastinated. It took me way too long to graduate college. Most of you guys get out in four or five years. It took me eight. Um, and I'm currently working on my master's, and that's taken me four years. So I should be a doctor by now, but I'm not. So we're just going with the flow. Um, when I was in college, I was not a believer. I didn't become a believer until 2011. So my life in college was completely different than who I was or who I am now. About 18 years ago, I was my, it was my second year in college, if you would have asked me or told me, hey, you're going to be getting up in front of people and you're going to be teaching about Christ and who Jesus is, I would have laughed at you and said, I'm the last person on earth that would be up here speaking. That year, that second year in college, um, I remember going and my roommate saying, hey, we're going to go meet one of my coworkers. My coworker, his name was Pal. And we're going to go hang out with him for a little bit. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So I jumped in the car, and we ended up driving to Fremont and going to meet Pal. We drove to the address that Pal gave us, and as we drive through the residential area of Fremont, we realized that this is a little different of a house. We get there, and we're like, there's something up with this house. I look at it. The lights are not on. It's 
no drapes are in the window. I'm looking at the lawn and it's grown like nobody's taken care of it in three or four weeks. And I thought, man, this house looks abandoned. Well, that's exactly what it was. The house was abandoned. And I was like, why is he bringing us here? I got nervous and didn't know what to do. Should I leave? This is weird. Ah, we'll go with it. Why not? It will be a story to tell, right? And so we ended up seeing Pal, and he goes, hey, follow me. Lead me around back to the house. We'll go around the side, go in the backyard, and we see a few couches back there. Old, dirty, grimy, dirty couches, but I was in college. That's what my house is filled with because that's all I could afford at the time. So we take our places like we've been sitting there every day of the last month. And that night, as we sat there, again, I was a different person back then. We ended up pulling out our pipe and some weed, and we ended up smoking. That's what we did. We smoked, we drank, we had fun. In college, I was living for myself, and that was pretty much it. And so we were hanging out with Pal and smoking, and I was trying to think, what, are, what were we doing there? Well, we were there to influence Pal. I know it's not the way we should be influencing people, but that's, that was me back then. That night, Pal knew that we went to Cal State Hayward, and he was just about to graduate high school, and that's where he was going to be going, and he knew we were in a fraternity. Yes, I was in a fraternity. Some of those stereotypes you guys have heard are definitely true, but there's a lot of friends that I've met through there that I wouldn't give up for anything. So as we're sitting there and he's trying to learn about our fraternity and what's going on, we're trying to influence him, yes, go to Cal State Hayward, join our fraternity, you need to be in this, we're awesome, hang out with us. So we were trying to influence him that whole time. Now, who am I now? That was the old me. Who am I now? Now, I came and started following Christ in 2011, and I've been working at Three Crosses, following Mark Campbell and learning from him. And most of you guys know from the men's retreat, you guys, Rock Bible joins us at our men's retreat every year. And it's been an amazing time to get to know you guys and follow the Lord with you guys and learn right alongside with you guys. Um, but man, I can't say enough about Mark Campbell. He's been a huge, huge, huge influence on my life. And he's invested his time. He's taught me. He's helped me guide me through all kinds of things. He was uh, officiating at my wedding. He's been there through hard times to counsel me. He's just a huge influence on my life. And that's what I want to speak to you guys today about. I want to speak to you about influence. Influence is the ability to affect others. How we affect others in the way they act, the way they think, the way they talk. How do we affect others? And today I really want to dive into 1 Thessalonians 6, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 6 through 7. So if you want to join me there in your Bibles, go ahead. Let me turn there. Awesome. They have it up on the screen for you guys. So it says, As you became imitators of us and of the Lord, you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. This verse shows influence. When I started going through it, I want to first focus on verse 6. And it says here, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Who's us? That's Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They're writing to the church in Thessalonica. Here they're saying, you have been influenced. You are being influenced by us. You are imitating us and the Lord. Then if we look at verse 7, it talks about the other side of influence. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Here, Paul's saying, not only are you being influenced, 
you're also being an influence to others. Now, as we think about Paul, he's writing, telling them, imitate me, and then you're going to be imitating, be, you're going to be the ones influencing, and others will be imitating you elsewhere. I started thinking, well, why are we going to be imitating Paul? Think about it. Who was Paul? Just like I said, I had the old me. Paul had an old him. Paul was a Pharisee of all Pharisees. He knew the Old Testament, the scripture back then, inside and out. His father was a Pharisee. Paul was a, he persecuted and killed Christians and destroyed Christians. He wasn't one to, as Christians or as a believer in Christ, we would want to imitate. There's a story in there talking about Stephen. This guy Stephen was called on by the apostles to serve Jesus. And in this, Stephen gave this amazing message and preached the gospel, preached who Jesus was and who God was. And when he was done, the people thought it was blasphemous. They thought it was going against what God has already taught them. And so what happened? Stephen was stoned. Stephen was stoned and killed. Now, when he was stoned, it wasn't something that everybody looked, uh, looked away from. I'm sorry about that. We see in Acts 8, 1 through 3, Paul was right there when it all happened. It says in verse 1, and Saul approved of his execution. Paul approved of it. He said, yeah, good job. That's what you should be doing. He was preaching against God. He wasn't telling the truth. I don't agree with it. Kill him. He shouldn't be spreading these lies. And it continues. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. Here, after the killing, persecution arose. Christians were being attacked. They were being assaulted. In verse 3, it says, but Paul was ravaging the church. So as the believers were scattering, Paul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Why should we follow a guy like this? But just like I said, I, that was the old me, and now there's a new me now living. There's a new Paul. We get to see a different side of Paul. And Paul knew about this old side. He admitted himself who he used to be. In Galatians 1, chapter, uh, verse 13, it says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. In 1 Corinthians, he said, puts it this way, 1 Corinthians 15, 9, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. This was the last person on earth you would think would be preaching the name of Jesus. But that was the old Saul. That was the old Paul. Paul has always been an influencer. Paul influenced when he was a Pharisee in, in the religious community, but now we get to see a different side of that influence. We get to see a different side of Paul. Paul is no longer the persecutor of Christians. His influence now is encouraging Christians. And that brings us to the, back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 6 and 7. It says that Paul was teaching the members and the believers in Thessalonica to imitate him, to be influenced by him, and in turn influence others. And this isn't the only letter that Paul says this. Paul had this big thing about influence and imitation. 
He says in Philippians 3.17, I think we have that to go up on the screen. It says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. He's saying, imitate me. But not only imitate me, imitate those who are walking with Christ. So look to all those people who are believing in Christ and walking with Christ and following Christ. He says in 1 Corinthians 4.16, puts it plainly, I urge you, then, be imitators of me. And there's one passage that's been really hitting home for me lately, and that's 1 Corinthians 11.1. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. The NIV translation puts it this way. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. There's another translation that I really like. It's called the Passion, and I love the way it puts it here. It says, I want you to pattern your lives after me just as I pattern mine after Christ. Paul's not just telling us here, follow me. I know what I'm doing. Follow me, and you'll be good to go. There is that as, that as I am of Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Pattern your life after me as I pattern mine after Christ. He was pointing to something else. He wants people to be influenced by him, but he sees where his influence is coming from. Now, why is this all important? It's because of how we are designed. Let's look at children for an example. How do they learn how to do things? Through imitation. They imitate how, what we do, Right? They might imitate their mom, imitate their dad, imitate their older brothers or sisters. Um, this season during summer, we've been able to, I've been able to help my wife. She's our elementary director at Three Crosses, and so we've been working on some online curriculum. And this summer, we've been going through a series called True North, Looking for Christ and Focusing on Christ. And so it's this whole adventure, camping, getting out there theme. And my wife, of course, when she's working on all their messages and everything. She loves to find new characters and new ways to present the truth. Oftentimes, it's through dressing me up in silly ways and me acting a fool and creating all these different characters for me. So in this series, one of the main characters that I've been is Kai the Adventure Guide. And I'm the one starting everything off saying, this is the adventure we're going to go on. Let's go. Well, I got a call and a video from one of my friends, Amy, and her son, Preston, loved Kai the Adventure Guide. So much so, he got a hat, he put his backpack on, he grabbed his flashlight, and he's crawling underneath his bed saying, I'm kind of the adventure guy going on an adventure. I was flattered. I was able to influence him through a video of just what's going on. We were having fun with it. And then my wife is teaching about Jesus and all that. And so if he's listening to me and trying to imitate me, I hope that he's listening to Annie and he's going to imitate what Annie has to say. Now, that's one of the good ways I've been an influence lately. Look back in my history, besides with Pal, I think about my oldest nephew, Jordan. Now, this might not be the best influence, but it's not super bad. Well, you guys be able to judge that. When he was about two years old, he's a senior now in high school, but when he was about two or three, he was eating solid food. And as an uncle, loved making him do disgusting things. One of those is, have you ever heard of the idea of seafood? And I'm not talking about fish and shellfish and all that. It's where you put a bunch of food in your mouth, chew it up, and you say to somebody, do you like seafood? And they say, yeah, you, ah, seafood. And you show them their chewed up food. It's disgusting. But as an uncle, you love that. My sister, on the other hand, did not. But again, it was a way I was able to influence him there. I like to think that I am a better influence on him now, but, you know. So 
Your influence means a lot to all of those around you, to kids, to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers. Even when you guys have to put that mask on and go to the store, you are influencing people around you, the way you act, the way you talk, and everything you do, you are influencing them. Now, as I was studying, there is a quote I came across. I don't know who said this, but the quote goes this, this way. How few today are willing to say what Paul said. Instead, because of compromise and ungodliness, we are quick to say, don't look at me, look at Jesus. While it is true we must all ultimately look at to Jesus, every one of us should be an example of those who look to Jesus. Now this is, think about it for a second. Yes, we are supposed to be pointing people to Jesus, but we're not supposed to take ourselves out of the equation. We are here as an example, saying, hey, follow me. Just like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, this is very scary because you're putting yourself on the line, right? We're not Jesus. We're not perfect. We're people. People are messy. People are sinners. But this just means that we need to be intentional about how we are influenced, intentional of what impacts us because what impacts us and what influences us is how we're going to, in turn, influence others, so let's think about that. How are we influenced? Think about all the people that you're influenced by. Think back to when you first became a Christian. When you were first a Christian, who was that one Christian that first influenced you? How did they influence you? How did that change the way you followed Christ? But what about all the other influences we have in, in the world? Social media is a huge influence right now, especially if we're locked in our house, we're trying to see what's People are doing, trying to stay connected, so we're using social media, especially Instagram. People are called influencers on Instagram. They're being paid by companies to show you and influence you to use their products. We're also now influenced by the news with all the, the fires and the pol politics going on, everything that's going on in this world. We are influenced by our news. They're telling us how they, what they want us to think, how we should see all these situations, and they're influencing us. But are we truly looking to God for our ultimate influence? Are we allowing God to trump all of those, to take over all of those other outside influences and be the main influence in our lives? Now, when I became a Christian, I wasn't surrounded by a bunch of Christians at that time. All my friends weren't there with church with me. I went by myself. And so when I got back home, my friends weren't following Christ. And it reminded me of a time one of my fraternity brothers taught me, hey, you need to hang out with the people you want to be like. If you want to be a millionaire, you have to hang out with millionaires. If you want to be a baseball player, you got to hang out with baseball players. So at that time, I'm saying I'm going to be a Christian, and I'm not hanging out with Christians. I want to know what this was like. So I purposely started hanging out with other Christians. I got involved with our young adult ministry at Three Crosses, and that's where I first got to know Mark. I needed to be influenced by other people who were following Jesus. Now, this can also be tough. Because while I want to follow Jesus, I'm putting myself in a position to follow other people. And as I said, people are messy. People are broken. People are sinners. How do we follow people who don't have it together? There's plenty of news articles and stories out there of leaders within, you know, our community, our neighborhoods, even in the church that are influencing people, and people are following them, and then there's some kind of big, big breakdown, and something comes out, and we're like, why would we ever follow that person? Why did we follow that person? They're not what they say they are. 
It's a risk we run, but God's not saying don't follow people as they follow me. If we look at the New Testament, we look at Jesus, who we're ultimately going toward, right? But if we look at the New Testament, we see Jesus in all of, all of the books. But if we focus in on those red letters, the red words, which are the words that Jesus speaks, it's there through all four Gospels. It's there in Acts. And then it goes away. It's not there for the next 21 books until we get to the book of Revelation, where Jesus talks about what's going to happen when he comes back. So for 21 books, we don't have Jesus directly teaching us. He's teaching us through somebody else. He's using other people, like Paul, to influence us. As he influences Paul, Paul is trying to influence us for Jesus. Now, what if you saw yourself as this example of Christ? What if you saw yourself as the one pointing people to Christ? Yes, we're supposed to bring Christ up and tell people about Christ, but what if we told people, follow me as I follow Christ? It's not just a I follow me message. It's a follow me as I follow Christ. What if, we were what if we stopped skipping over ourselves and took us out of the equation? What if we kept ourselves in that equation and moved forward? What would this community look like? Now, if we're going to be keeping ourselves in the equation and pointing people to Christ, we have to ask ourselves a big question. How am I being an example that is worth imitating? How am I being that example that Paul is setting forth to be that example that others should imitate? Let's go back to Pal. So Pal, you know, I hung out with him in college, and after that night, I continued to influence him in the fraternity, and we partied and had fun and did all that. But looking back, I'm sometimes ashamed of how I influenced him. And not just him. There was plenty of other students that came through and joined our fraternity that were younger than me, and I had an influence over them. But one day, as uh, I was coming back from Ukraine, my wife used to be a missionary in Ukraine, and so we took a mission trip. And when we came back, so this is after I became a Christian, we were trying to battle jet lag. We got back home probably, you know, noonish somewhere around there, and we're like, we can't go to sleep yet. We're tired. It's been 24 hours of traveling on a bus and then on a plane, so we're trying to fight just jet lag. So we decided, you know what? It's July. The Alameda County Fair is going on. Let's go out there. Let's get in the sunshine. Let's be active and try not to fall asleep. So as we go, we walk in through the, the entry gates, and we pass by the mid, midway on the right and all the games, and then to the right side of the fair, there's the two exhibit halls. And we start walking right down the middle toward the, the concert grounds and the kids' area in the back. And as we're walking, I see somebody walking towards me, and it's Pal. I recognize Pal and say, oh, man, what's going on? And so we talked, we saw each other, we greeted each other, started small talk, and one of the questions that Paul, or Pal came to me was, so what you been up to? Where are you working at? So I got to turn around and say, oh, I'm working at three crosses. You know, as you drive through Cache Valley, there's those three 100-foot crosses in the parking lot. That's where I work. And he looked at me. And he had this look on his face like he's trying to compute all the information I've given him and nothing's lining up right, misfires everywhere. He has no clue what the heck I'm talking about. And he, he looked at me and he goes, you work at three crosses? Oh, yeah, it's been awesome. I love it there. He goes, you would have been the last person I would have ever thought that would have gone to church, let alone now work at a church. And it was in that moment that I realized how much influence I had over Pal. Before, I thought it was just, hey, I'm bringing him alongside with me. We're going to have fun. We're going to live life. We're going to be fraternity brothers. But in this moment, I realized, wow, I affected Pal so much 
that he looks at me as one that would never follow Jesus, one that would never be working at a church, let alone walking in the doors of the church. And back then, I would have agreed with him. I would have. But there was something different. And I wish I still had a relationship with Pal where I can influence him for a different way. Not saying that it's out. God could definitely bring him back into my life and I can be able to take what I've been learning now and help influence him in a different way. Show him a different side of me. Like Paul had a different side of him. There's one other gentleman that I look to when it comes down to influence. I said the biggest one that I have in my life is Mark Campbell. Now, Mark Campbell was influenced by another man, and that man was Ron Ritchie. Ron Ritchie has been a huge influence on Mark's life and the way Mark lives out his faith. And I've fortunately been able to meet Ron and listen to Ron and hear some of his messages, and there's one story that he told me. I don't remember all the details of it, but what I do remember in the story is that he went and worked with a bunch of college students, him and a team of his. And when they got done, they left, and then he read a news article that that college, one of the students wrote about his team that came there. And the part that really stuck with me about this whole story is, if I remember correctly, the, the news article said, these men came to work with us. Wow, we don't know who they are and remember their names. They looked like Jesus. Ron Ritchie was such an example to them. He pointed to, to Christ without even trying. Ron Ritchie has brought Christ to my life so, so much, so big, through Mark and seeing him personally. So I know how Ron would have spoke and acted to these students, and I see it. I see Jesus in him every time I got to hear Ron speak. Ron didn't take himself out of that equation. He knew who was influencing him. Jesus Christ was influencing him, and he wanted to influence others everywhere he went. And for these students, they got that influence. They saw Christ in Ron. Ron never took himself out of the equation. He put himself right in the middle so he can be that face to these people. And that face showed Jesus. So let's imagine for us, what if we didn't remove ourselves from that equation so often and say, don't look at me, I'm broken, I'm sinner. Look at Jesus. Instead, we said, hey, look at me. I'm right here. Look at me, follow me, imitate me, follow my example pattern your life after me as I follow, imitate, and pattern my life after Christ. What type of influence can we have to all those around us? Where our names might be irrelevant like Ron Ritchie's was, we don't take ourselves out of the story and we glorify and show Christ in everything we do. Jesus uses us to show himself. And that is the ultimate goal to show Jesus Christ. As I was reading this morning, going over my message, there was another part of scripture that really jumped out to me. Can you go ahead and put up 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 11.1. So I showed you guys 11.1, right? Be imitators of me as I am in Christ. But I look just right before that, and here's Paul talking to the church in Corinth, and he says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever you do, Talk, walk, act. Do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or to the church of God, just as you try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. 
He's saying, whatever you do, whether you're eating, you're drinking, you're walking, you're talking, you're interacting with folks, do all of it for the glory of God because your influence matters. Don't be the ones that they stumble over. Don't be the ones, what does it say? Give no offense to the Jews, to the Greeks, or the church. NIV, it says, do not cause anyone to stumble. Our influence shouldn't cause people to stumble over finding Christ, getting to know Christ. We should be doing everything we can to clear that road of any stumbling blocks, of any hazards, so they have a path directly to Christ. So as believers, are we doing that? Rock Bible, imagine Pleasanton if all of a sudden they looked at every member here and said, that's Jesus. I want to know that Jesus that they're following. I want to know that God that they are imitating their life after because there's something about that life that I want to live. I want to live the life that they are. For those who are online or don't know Christ, man, he loves you so much. He loves you so much that he did give us the Bible. He gave us all these examples of great men, both in scriptures and here in our communities to pattern our lives after him. Jesus not only loves you, but he loves you so much that he died for you. He put himself on that cross to just take away all the mishaps, all the sins, all the things that keep you separated from God so that way you might have a relationship with God. And not only did he die on the cross, anybody could have died on the cross, but Jesus defeated death. He rose again in bodily form and showed himself to his disciples, said, now follow me, keep following me. So I pray that if you're not following Christ, that you start looking around you. Look for Christians. Yes, I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to be messy. <laughs> they're going to be broken. And if you look at me, I'll guarantee I'll be messy and I'll be broken. But I know that I've had men in my life who have influenced me so much that I have to influence in that way. Let's pray. Abba, Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you mean to us. Thank you for these words. Thank you for the example of Paul. Thank you for how he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I thank you for being the ultimate example to lead these men through the Bible, through all the stories in the Bible to ultimately point us to you. And Lord, I'm thank you, thankful for all the men and women in our community. I'm thankful for all the members here at Rock Bible. I'm thankful for all the men and women who have influenced me at Three Crosses. I'm thankful for what they've done to give me a different view of what it is to live life, to be the influence in my life that I want to in turn influence others with. So as we go through our day, I just pray that you give us clarity, you give us the wisdom, you give us the guidance, and you put those people in our lives that we need to follow as they follow Jesus. And I pray that I am that person that others start to follow all because I am following your son, Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.